G'day, 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 and welcome everyone. That's our resident scaredy cat, Kate. And that's the horror junkie, Dominic. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about some scary stuff. The sort of fear your asshole knows about. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Shit and Bricks Podcast. All right, drop your dax, pop a squat, and let's get into it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I had to close my curtains. Because I believe that's why it looked like I'd been slapped in the face by a bucket of beetroots <laughs> yesterday. I'm still working things out. <laughs> oh, that is so good. I'm going to have to keep that in there. Please. Slapped like a slapped by a bucket of beetroots. Yeah, slapped, <laughs> slapped in the face by a bucket of beetroots. Now, you can take that two, two ways. That Someone just has a bucket of beetroots and just hits you with the bucket. Or they are taking the beetroots out and throwing them at you. Um <laughs> Whatever Take your you pick. Yeah. I like the first one, actually, to be honest. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter then what is inside the bucket because they're just hitting you with the bucket, which makes it much funnier. Oh, shall we start then, Kate? Let's do, let's do it. Hi, Kate. Hi, Dominic. How are you today? I'm great. You're looking That's... lovely today. Oh, thank you. I just had a shower. I had to. It's still really hot here. I know last episode I said it was hot. But um, Dom and I are recording these just consecutively over a couple of days, so the weather doesn't change too much. Hopefully when we're listening to this episode, when it's released, it won't be quite as muggy because, again, you know, last ep I went through how much I dislike the humidity. Yes, and uh, I just want to confirm for our listeners, on a scale of 1 to 10, how sweaty are your butt cheeks? I love that. Mine are a zero currently because I just had a shower. That's but good. That doesn't mean that 10, 20 seconds from now, they won't be at a 10. (laughs) (laughs) If there was like, there's a Richter scale, there's the, what's the Fujita scale? Yeah, Fujita scale, the Beaufort scale, (laughs) the the ass cheek sweat scale. (laughs) Oh, goodness me. Oh, the Melbourne weather scale. Yeah. Mm. Well, thanks for coming today. I've got quite a quite an episode for us all. Excellent. Uh, I thought it might be weird if I didn't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a feeling that this might be one of those episodes where people probably won't listen to it because of the title. <laughs> okay. I think people are more inclined to listen to it. It's the, that, that morbid thing of, you know, oh, I want to hear about it or I want to watch that video. It says, you know, viewer discretion advised. I'm going to click on it anyway. I think it's going to be the same vein. Exactly. Which is why I think we'll call this episode Creepy Crawlies. Brilliant. I love it and hate it all at the same time, (laughs) at the same level. (laughs) We want you to feel sick and laugh at the exact same time. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, so like I was saying... I've done lots of different types of stories. I've gone down the blood and guts route. I've gone down the mysteries route. And now I thought I'd bring it back to maybe something a little bit more scientific. I've been very inspired by your stories, Kate. So Thank you. Um, I too have been inspired by your stories. And I am putting together my dossier on how to, you know, do the perfect murder. Ah. Mm. That could be cool and So useful. far it just has a really pretty title page. Perfect murder <laughs> with like... <laughs> Lots of squiggles and I use some metallic pens. I went to Officeworks. So that's the start of it. But that doesn't mean that I, can, I can't add more things. She's already incriminating herself. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I thought I would go down a different route this week and I've decided to do, like I said, something on creepy crawlies, bugs, because it's pretty much one of the top fears in the world, right? Like, It has to be. Yeah. And um, how could we not do a, a show called Shitting Bricks and not talk about bugs? Yeah. So there's so many different ways that I could have approached this particular topic but I decided let's just keep it simple to start with and then uh, I'm sure we might even do another another episode sometime in the future I think so yeah so we're going to do the basics of creepy crawlies this episode we could even I'm, I'm just going to go on a limb and say we can call this creepy crawlies part one because I it's kind of got that same vibe as weather where there's so many elements we just don't have enough time to talk about them in one episode are you thinking the same thing okay let's i'll commit to that i will put, call this creepy crawlies part one brilliant and we will definitely have to do an, uh, a number two because i think a lot of our listeners are going to have stories to send as well so please you know if you have a creepy crawly story we would love to hear it and yeah. uh, it may just actually get featured in our part two episode so I just really enjoy that you just said we'd have to do a number two at this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Shitting Bricks. Yes, please. We should always have a number two. That's what we should call them. Number twos, not part twos. That makes so much sense. Oh, God. It's a marketing plan coming together as we record. Yeah, you should be paying us to listen to these episodes. You are all getting a masterclass a in master what class. not to do and then discovery of what you should be doing all in oh, one. Oh, God. A masterclass in so many things of what not to do <laughs> yes exactly now i i know that uh creepy crawlies it's quite like a visual thing as well mm-hmm. don't fret uh, everyone at home i will be sharing photos of every single bug that i reference today great i will be sharing photos with kate live it will be on the screen so obviously you can go watch the youtube version of this episode if you prefer perfect but do not fret you will get to see pictures for each of the bugs that i reference today so do not do not worry or do worry okay, if yeah. it's frightening you. <laughs> I can already imagine people sitting at home scratching oh. themselves going, oh, my God, there's something in my hair. <laughs> Definitely. That's going to happen to me for sure. I have a real visceral sense when it comes to creepy crawly, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you talk about. All right, well, then let's dive into it and let's do some of the basics. Okay, so before we talk about any particular bugs, what the hell is a fear of insects, okay? Or bugs, whatever you want to call it. So... The actual phobia, I'm doing a Kate, the actual phobia is entomophobia. Okay. Sounds just like, spelt just like it sounds, entomophobia. Mm. Sometimes known more colloquially as insectophobia, which is not a real word, or it is a word, but it's not the, the correct phobia. It's like the slang, like yeah. scientist slang. Exactly. Cool. Um, so it is the fear of insects specifically. Now, their fear is pretty common, like we, like we mentioned. I think it's always at least in the top five fears of most people, but I'd say it's probably even the top two. Um, everyone's got different lists, so, you know, there's no official phobia. Top 100, hottest 100 phobias. <laughs> Are the wiggles number the one? The wiggles, oh my God. <laughs> How embarrassing. Oh, I think it's fantastic. But the wiggles are not the number one of this phobia? This no, okay. the wiggle bugs are not. <laughs> but reading this, it was quite interesting. There's a lot of stuff here to unpack that I know it's once you read it and once you hear it, it's quite common sense, but um, common sense are called. But, you know, I thought I should share it here as well. So 
This fear is particularly seen or heard or experienced by people that live in urban areas. So where they come into contact with bugs, it's relatively infrequent because of the mm. lack of interaction, right, yeah. with nature. If you lived in the bush, you're always going to see bugs. You live with bugs, you know, you know all about it. But if you're living in a high-rise apartment, it's pretty rare yeah. for you to come across bugs in your day-to-day -day life. So, of course, people with entomophobia, it's more concentrated in urban areas, right? Yep. That makes sense. I like it. Urban dwellers' fears of insects often serve as fodder for situation comedies. Hello, you're on the podcast. We love you. <laughs> and obviously reality TV shows. I think everyone knows all about Fear Factor and beyond. Oh, yeah. But they often depict their sudden sort of transition into rural life. So it's amazing what it is. It's like the easiest TV and cheapest TV out there. Pick people out of urban life and put them into the bush and you're going to yeah. have hours of entertainment. Right? Isn't that I'm a celebrity, get get me out of here, that thing. They yeah. do always do that. That's always bugs. I'd never do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I'm just going on the record now for when this podcast really takes off and you and I are both asked to go and do it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> okay, at I'll go pinch, for you. Yeah, you go at a pinch. I would do Survivor, but that's only because I want to meet Jonathan LaPaglia. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and then I'll go out first tribal. I don't care, but I'm not doing the celebrity get me out of here. That's on you. Yeah, fair enough. All right, I'll do it. I'm happy to do it. Now, many people who have never been exposed to country life can struggle because of the prevalence and pervasiveness of insects in living mm. areas and public spaces. So I know it sounds like 101, but it's really important for people to think about that, right? Have you ever met someone who lives on a farm and is like, ooh, a fly? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, not so much a fly. <laughs> that would be very funny, though. Uh, but no, not really. No, most people that I know who live yeah, rurally or spend time up there they're fine. Yeah, exactly. So although they are technically not insects, the fear of spiders is one of the most prevalent forms of entomophobia. So they are linked. Spiders are not insects. They're arachnids. It's a diff yes. slightly different thing. Or if you are my mum, they're anacroids, oh. which is what she called them when she was trying to remember what it was. What <laughs> is a ghostbuster dead anacroid doing on your mum's lips? Like, what the hell? As soon as she said anacroids, I literally thought of a picture of a spider with Dan <laughs> so maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, throw that into the socials for this one to break up some of the morbid, scary insect things. But um, I, you know, it's actually funny because you say creepy crawlies. We're talking about insects. I straight away thought about spiders. I have a huge fear. Yeah, I'm a I'm a an anacroid for sure. Um, but insects specifically, I'm curious to see. Yeah, which ones you pick. If spiders are off the table, because they're number one, but they're not insects, so I'm, I'm, I want to know. Well, it's called creepy crawlies, so we shall see. Okay. But yeah, I'll leave it at that. Easy. Other commonly feared bugs include bees, ants, cockroaches, flies, and butterflies and moths. Now, yes. I did not know butterflies and moths is actually a really big one. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. And do you know my friend Blake, who is a huge listener of our podcast, he's like, you know, num he's equal number one fan, I'd have to say. But he has said to me multiple times, he has a, a serious fear of moths. And he keeps asking, when are you going to do an episode about moths? Are you going to do that? 
So it's fantastic that you brought that up. I wasn't sure where you were going to go, but yeah, he is, he's petrified. I have, I've been in the room with him when there's a moth and it's not, it's like, I'm not it's even no taking joke. a piss. It's no joke. He mm. is petrified of them. And it's, yeah, same reaction as I'd have with a spider. He has with a moth. Mm. Uh, but I would never have thought that was so common. And butterflies as well. I, you know, moths, I get it. They're grey and dark and leave dust particles and whatnot. Butterflies are, like, pretty and soft. But I don't know. And moths can be too. Some moths yeah. are very beautiful too. Often yep. people mistake uh, some moths as butterflies just because of the way that they look. But they got no. cute outfits on. Shout out to Blake. It is actually the reason why I did this topic because Blake... Uh, was one of the first people to ever uh, rate and review our podcast. So I don't know if this is a gift or a curse, Blake, but you, <laughs> babe, you asked for it. I am delivering. So That's it. be you're, ready. You're in. Now, many people just have a general fear of bugs. Uh, it's I think they react in panic to any sort of insect related to a creature that crosses their path. Like it's if you're afraid of moths, you're probably not a huge fan of other insects either. Like it's they're pretty generalized right yeah so there's actual different fears um that are assigned to entomophobia so people you know it's not just the bug itself but it's situational what is it about the bug that actually makes them really afraid um and a few people have done some really interesting studies and i'm just going to go through some of the specific fears people have in relation to these bugs i love it so the first one is a fear of contamination in many cases, people with entomophobia are afraid of becoming contaminated by insects. Many bugs, such as cockroaches and flies, can carry disease. Mm-hmm. In addition, disgust reactions can contribute to feelings of anxiety. Like if, if they disgust you and upset you, you obviously feel more anxious. And a variety of research has shown that we react more strongly to creatures that we find disgusting than we do to animals that may be more inherently dangerous. Like, hippopotamus is fucking scary as shit and more dangerous than a fly, which you probably don't even know lands on you a million times or you probably swallow a spider, what is it, every three, whatever. Whatever, yeah. But you see hippopotamus and you're like, oh, you want to give it a cuddle and... Ah, it's so scoochy and cute. Yeah. Yeah, want to give it some watermelon. Now, perhaps this is an evolutionary response to our ancestors' misunderstandings of disease prevention. Okay. It's their fault. Right? Yeah. Back in the day, we probably didn't think much about bugs and stuff like that. We just got used to it and we never thought that they were deadly. Something with big, sharp teeth should stay away from, right? Sure, yeah. But a little bug, maybe not so much. But as soon as we started to realise that bugs uh, were... Could hurt us or kill us. Or disease infect us. That's grammatically correct. You're welcome. Yes, exactly. So, interesting. Fear of contamination. Fear of being bitten. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But some people worry about... uh, Some people worry that they will be bitten by an insect. Specific worries run the gamut from the fear of pain to the fear of illness. um, And legitimate allergic reactions, particularly to bee stings and fire ant bites, do exist. As do legitimately venomous insects. But by and large, the fear of being bitten by common insects such as houseflies, cockroaches and the like are not realistically warranted. You'll be fine. Yeah. The vast majority of insect bites or stings cause little more than an an annoyance and most fears of being bitten are way out of proportion to the risks. Yeah, yeah. Say that to an Australian. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, your fear of that brown snake is way out of proportion. Mm -hmm. Your fear of that sea urchin that if you step on it, hits your pain at like a 12 on the Beaufort scale or whatever scale you're on. The Beaufort scale. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, scientists. Yeah. The last... Is it the last one? Yes. The last one is a fear of infestation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just like the, in the body? The word just says it all, right? Yeah. Now, some people worry about their homes or their bodies becoming infested Ooh, okay. with bugs. Yeah. yeah. According to an article in the Cultural Entomology Digest, people with this fear often bring items that they believe to be bugs to pest control or medical professionals. Right. So like to doctors or, you know, to... Jim's bugs mowing, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Jim's bugs mowing. <laughs> now I get this picture of this little bug family living in a little bug house and then Jim's bugs mowing comes. <laughs> ah, but yeah, people with this fear, it's it can take over so much that they will bring in what they think are bugs, right. these specimens that are often just gathered around the house, but they end up just being bits of lint, lint scabs, dust, anything, rather than actual bugs can i just say if you are going to go to a, a bug spe- an entomologist or if you're going to a doctor if you're going to someone a specialist <laughs> wouldn't you like double check with someone that what you're taking is an actual bug like <laughs> knock on your neighbor's door say sally is this something that's going to kill me and she'd be like no it's lint from your belly button down. Yeah. like go back inside you're going to be fine <laughs> would you not be a hundred percent that it's a bug or is it just that fear that clouds people's judgment? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, you know, we, we sit here and we laugh, but, it, you know, phobias are real. Like, it's, yeah. it, it's irrational. And, yeah. you know, bugs are known to leave mess and dirt and dust and things like that. But I think if you're you're unable to even look at it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or okay. get close yeah. to it. Mm. I could imagine people mistaking a dropped piece of penne from last night's dinner and being like, oh, my God, it's a cockroach. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god it's a bug oh, yeah okay now in this article researcher philip weinstein points out that the infestation fears may be indicative of delusional thoughts rather than a simple phobia right it is up to the treatment provider to carefully analyze the client's thoughts and behaviors in order to accurately diagnose and treat the issue the fear of insects is relatively common, but does not need to take over our life. The, the fear responds uh, The fear responds well to a variety of short-term behavioral treatment methods. With a bit of hard work, you can actually beat the most stubborn entomophobia. Okay. Well, this, there you go, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Now, I don't think they're suggesting that, you know, okay, you'll be fine with a bunch, a hundred spiders crawling all over your body by the end of the week. Oh, that made me feel a little bit sick. (laughs) (laughs) I want to opt out of that therapy, please. Yeah. But I think there's a difference between having like the inability to walk into a room versus, okay, I know it's there. It's fine. Someone can get rid of it. I'll be able to go to sleep and Mm -hmm. not stress. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we have a bit of backstory and understanding about the different types of fears that are associated with entomophobia, I'm not going to share any specific stories about, you know, a horror story related to bugs. I will save that for part two. So today we are just going to go through a very biased (laughs) top 10 creepiest bugs of all time. 
Excellent. Now, is this been has this been curated by you? Is <laughs> no. this your choice? It's oh. well, a little bit, a okay. little bit. I there are many and many lists out there. Again, right. there's no you know hottest one hundred of creepiest <laughs> bugs. I am just <laughs> combining. I feel it would be it would be dependent on what people's fears of those bugs are too. So yeah, some it's different if you're worried about infestation versus if you're worried about the pain of its biting of it biting you. Absolutely. Uh, so I like I'm, I'm I'm here for whatever list you've got, but you know I kind of wish you know if I was going to curate my list, it would be spiders, <laughs> really closely followed by spiders. Big spiders. And then third third to seventh is probably no third to yes third to seventh is going to be spiders, and yeah. then the last three are probably going to be like a scorpion, but that's I don't think that's an insect. Um, yeah, my list would be heavily weighted toward the spiders. Spiders, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's. It, it is totally biased, so subjective. But right. I think uh, there's some on this list that I'd never heard of before. Um, some of them freak me out, some of them don't. But I think this is a pretty good, even, fair spread of uh, insects and them being really, really creepy. But if you have one that is not on this list, please send it on through, if yep. you dare. <laughs> and we can also have a look at it maybe for, for number two. Exactly. For creepy is number two. Now... In no particular order. Great. This isn't one to ten, as in number one's the worst and ten's the least worst. It's just mm-hmm. a, a random number of ten. Okay. So first on my list is the scorpion fly. Okay. okay? Yep. Now, Kate, I'm about to show you a picture of the scorpion fly. Now, while you recover, I will tell you a little bit about our friend, <laughs> the scorpion fly. She's she's okay. broken, peeps. Oh, I wasn't prepared for that this because I be... just mentioned a scorpion. This is like the combo of two of the worst ever things, so please. Oh, gross. <laughs> this is like the last episode we'll ever do. She's, she's retiring after this. Retiring. Oh, okay, so the scorpion fly, uh, or it's other no, otherwise known as the mecopatera. I mm-hmm. think I say that, or Mesopotera. It's not an episode of Shit and Bricks unless we mess up something in pronunciation. Exactly. It is an order of insects in the super order of Endopteragoda with, with about 600 species in nine different families worldwide. Great. Like, it's a fly. There's lots of different flies. There's no one type of fly, but mm. hundreds of thousands of different, right? Mm-hmm. Now, scorpion flies are sometimes uh, sorry. They are the largest family from that um, from from uh, that, that other fa- the other word yeah. that I said because it's too fucking hard. <laughs> now, the way the reason they look the way that they do, I'm not going to show you again. Don't worry. Mm. But uh, this particular type of scorpion scorpion flies, uh, the males have really enlarged genitals that actually raise over their body. And they look really similar to the stingers of scorpions. Yes. Okay. Oh, so, so that's, that's just junk. an old penis, Dale. A... <laughs> <laughs> What's more scary, a giant stinger or a penis that flips oh. on over its head? Mate, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it depends on how many champagnes I've had. <laughs> Some pretty ugly looking penises out Whoa. there. Um, now, it also has a long sort of beak-like snout or rostra mm-hmm. is what that's called, you know, where they eat from. Now, this terrifying insect certainly looks like something out of a horror movie. It is, it, it, it looks 
like a meta, like a morphosis of all sorts of things. It's really yeah. quite freaky looking. But if their appearance isn't enough to give you nightmares, maybe this fact will. This oh, fly's God. interest in human corpses has actually assisted scientists in human cadaver studies. Okay. Mm. Good. So they're interested <laughs> in corpses. <laughs> And they look, so for listeners, and go and have a look on our socials, you can check out the picture, but it's essentially, it's a scorpion fly. It's what you would imagine. It looks like a scorpion with wings. Mm -hmm. It's red, it's foul, we don't like it, and it likes dead bodies. It's gone, Kate. Moving on to number two. Don't worry. Great. Great. Now, the Brahmin moth slash caterpillar, so obviously Mm -hmm. caterpillars can turn into moths and butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't learned that yet in life. Yep. Excellent. Thank we you. can't help you. Oh, no, we can't help. <laughs> this is so not sorry. the place for you. You've clearly never seen a bug's life. Yeah. Uh, this little guy is a little less scary. Okay. Right. He doesn't do anything mean to you. He's just he's quite interesting looking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, this particular caterpillar resembles something really altogether alien, obviously Mm. looking at the look of it. Um, They're black tentacle-like spindles. They reach up from their abdomen and they serve as likely very effective defense mechanisms. So it's a bit of a like, ooh, look at me. I'm a bit scary. Uh, I got shit hanging off my body. Stay away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, And I read somewhere that they are the type of caterpillar that Tim Burton would probably imagine in one of his movies, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Looking at the picture, that is the best description. Just think a caterpillar, but Tim Burton's flair. Yeah. That's what you've got. Edward Scissorhandsy, right? Yeah, definitely. A nightmare in uh, the nightmare before Christmas or whatever it was. Exactly. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Now, they're actually not harmful to us in any way. Like most caterpillars, they just eat and hang about until they, you know, transform into really beautiful moths. The moths like a good deal. Yeah. And the moths themselves are quite beautiful. They have these very intricate black and gold and orange sort of detailed wings, and they're all beautiful line work. It's, they're stunning moths. And I'm sorry, Blake, but they are. I know you won't ever look at it, but... <laughs> yeah. If you were if you were going to get attacked by a moth, this is one gorgeous moth to get attacked by. Okay. Um, so I think this one, this particular, the Brahmin moth caterpillar, it's all about the looks and not actually about anything that it can do to hurt you. Great. All right. That wasn't too scary, was it? That wasn't so bad. No, that one's okay. That one's okay. I think my my fears lie in specific detail, which I'm I'm discovering more about. But this is this is good. I'm okay with that one. I am not going to show you a photo of the next one, Kate. Okay. Out of respect. Great. Because it is the camel spider. Oh, okay. Yeah, good one. <laughs> okay. I oh, won't, okay. I won't show you the photo. Now. Well, I kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see it. Do you have a picture there? Yes. Oh, God. My fi- guys, just <laughs> I haven't seen the photo yet, but my feet are literally like my toes are curling. But I want to I want to see it. I do want to see it. I'll be really quick, okay? That's fine. I want to see it. <laughs> oh, God. That's so fucked. Okay. Oh, they're so fucked. I hate spiders so much. I'm so sorry, spiders, but I just hate you. (laughs) Okay. Now, I don't know how to say the word. Camel spiders sort of like they're more easy to pronounce name, but they're also known by a lot of other different names. And I'm going to try and say this one. Um, It's Solfuge or Solifuge. F-U-G-A-E. I don't know how to say that last bit. Anyway, it's one of their names. 
It's uh, it is obviously a spider. Um, mm-hmm. They're also known as wind scorpions, sun spiders, or solifuges. So, Great. anyway, see the, again the scorpion angle. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Now the order includes more than a thousand described species in about 153 genera. So, again, like. People think that there's just one version of these things. There's just multiple different versions, right? And Australia probably has half of them. <laughs> True. <laughs> and they're just spread out among the other countries, just one here and there, and we get the rest. Now, despite the name Kate, like, you know, uh, camel spider or wind scorpions or any of that sort of stuff, they are neither scorpions nor are they camels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I thought for a second there that they were both camels and scorpions, as well as being spiders. Now, they're not even real spiders. They're not true spiders. They're imposters. Yes, there's something altogether different. They are very closely related. Um, Most species uh, live in really dry climates and feed opportunistically on ground-dwelling anthropods and other small animals. Great. Um, The largest species grow to a length of 12 to 15 centimetres, which is about (laughs) 5 to 6 inches, including its legs. There are a number of urban legends that exaggerate the size and the speed of uh, these camel spiders and their potential danger to humans, which is pretty much negligible. So you're fine if you come across one. There's no immediate fear of being bitten, as in the danger of you being sick or ill, but they are probably the the nastiest looking spider I've ever seen. So you're trying to tell me if you're in the desert... And this five or six inch spider is anywhere near you. Don't worry. It yeah. won't really hurt. You'll be fine. I would literally go from Alice Springs to Melbourne at a rate of knots. That I would run. I'd just run. It wouldn't stop. So you can't tell me that they wouldn't do anything. I don't believe you. It's an imposter spider. Is it a camel? Is it a scorpion? It doesn't even know. So what are we supposed to do? All right, we'll go back to the nice caterpillars again, shall we? Okay, yes. This is called the puss moth caterpillar. I love it already. Now, the larvae of the puss moth caterpillar is said to resemble a Persian cat. It's like this really beautiful, fluffy, white-looking cream thing, uh, contributing to the puss in the name. Now, there's lots of uh, versions of it. Uh, this is what it looks like before it has its furs and things. It's, it's kind of like it's... looks like a Muppet. It's all, yeah, it looks like a little Muppet. It's kind of cute. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah. Now, if the off-putting appearance of this insect were not enough, it also happens to be one of the most toxic caterpillars in North America. Okay. All right. Excellent. We're safe. In North America. But it's, it's tricking you because I don't think it looks that scary. Some people might. But now it's tricking you because it's actually really okay. Mm -hmm. This is why bugs are sneaky. I don't like them because they can look pretty and they're the ones that are probably the worst. (laughs) Whereas the camel spider, which which isn't harmful at all, looks like... (laughs) Looks like something straight out of your nightmares. Yeah. That's it. Now back to the puss moth. Puss moth. The caterpillar is regarded as a dangerous insect because of its venomous spines. Exposure to the caterpillar's fur-like spines leads to an immediate skin irritation characterized by a grid-like eruption with severe radiating pain. 
Wow. Victims describe the pain as similar to a broken bone or blunt force trauma or even white hot searing pain. Wow. The reactions are sometimes localized to the affected area, but are often very severe, radiating upper limb and causing burning, swelling, nausea, headaches, abdominal distress, rashes, blisters, and sometimes chest pain, numbness, or even difficulty breathing. So this little caterpillar (laughs) will cause you to just lie down on the ground you can't breathe it's white hot pain Just your arms up. you feel like they're gonna fall off you can't breathe you've shit yourself like what is <laughs> this caterpillar what is its deal why does it do that stay away from the puss moth okay if you're in north america please let us know if you've ever encountered a puss moth <laughs> and we mean the animal kind <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one that I have to do. I'm sorry, Kate. And again, I don't have to show you the photo. That's right. I kind of like this. It's like that. We, we talked about like theme park rides and you stress and feeling stressed but excited. I'm kind of like that. And then I regret it, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one, number five, is the Goliath Bird Eater. Okay. I think, I mean, I have seen this one. I feel like I did one of those, what's the, you know, yeah. scariest thing or something, something. I don't know. But yeah, okay. So you know what it looks like. The name says it all. This mm-hmm. truly gigantic tarantula is so so large it has been known to eat entire birds. Right. These rainforest inhabitants can live can have a leg span of up to 11 inches. Mm-hmm. A lifespan of up to 25 years and they will bite humans if they are threatened. Okay. Point taken. I'm right, mate. I'm taking notes. Mm-hmm. A small pizza from Pizza Hut is like 12 inches, isn't it? Exactly. There you go. There's. We always like to give you context in real world situations. A small pizza is how big this thing can get. Yep. That's, that's what it is. Now, the Goliath bird eater belongs to the tarantula family, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's found in northern South America. It is the largest spider in the world by mass because it weighs 170 grams. Okay. But it is second to the giant huntsman spider by leg span. Right. So the huntsmans that we find primarily in Australia actually, in terms of radius or whatever, mm-hmm. they're yeah. considered the, the, the largest. The largest, right. However, they these Goliath spiders are thick. Yeah, they, okay. there's some, they got some thick and juicy <laughs> booties. Okay? Yeah. It is also called the Goliath bird-eating spider. Now, the practice of calling them bird-eating, interestingly enough, derives from an early 18th century copper engraving that shows one eating a hummingbird. Now, despite the spider's name, it rarely preys on birds. Birds are not easy to catch, as you can imagine. Yeah. So, yes, that is the Goliath bird-eater. So the Goliath had a bad bad PR rep, Mm. and somebody put this picture on the socials of the time, the copper <laughs> pot. Copper face. And, and copper face. <laughs> and now he's known as the bird eater. That's tough mm. for this ginormous spider that I don't want anything to do, do with. <laughs> okay, we're halfway through, Kate. You've done so well. Folks at Excellent. home, you're doing so well. Mm. I'm proud of you all. I have definitely, like, brushed my legs down multiple <laughs> times during this episode for thinking that... 
me sitting in my urban environment <laughs> going to get attacked by a bird eating spider. Give us an update, Kate. Rating out of one to ten, how sweaty are the ass cheeks? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have a, <laughs> do have a towel sitting next to me, and a thought passed as to whether or not I do take that towel and just. Just credit card it down the tricks until uh, the end of the ep. But, you know, we're here. So, so be it. If I slip off the chair at any point, you know I'm going to take Okay. Uh, we're almost done. Uh, number six, the giant wetter. <laughs> I definitely just took a sip of water. But I nearly choked up. The giant wetter. <laughs> that sounds like a high school nickname. Would you like to see a photo of the giant yes, wetter? I do. I really do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a cricket vibe to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, resembling a large cricket, the giant wetter species are among the largest and heaviest insects in the world. The name wetter comes from the Maori word wetaponga, meaning god of ugly things. <laughs> <laughs> Which now right. makes a hell of a lot of sense when someone has called me a wetter. <laughs> that has happened. I mean, I will, I will hunt them down because that is not called for, for mm. you especially, but that is a great one. I like that. Now, giant wetter are endemic to New Zealand, if mm-hmm. you didn't make the connection, and all but one species are protected by law because they are considered at risk of extinction. Okay. Now, large species can be up to 10 centimetres or 4 inches, not wow. inclusive of legs and antennae or so antenna. that's just their body. Mm, just the oh, body. damn. With a body mass uh, usually no more than about 35 grams. So they look quite big, but they're very light. Okay. In considering their size. Mm. Uh, they're not dangerous to us really at all, but they are some really big beasts looking like things that they often just stick to themselves and it's quite interesting. I think in this situation, I th- uh, I'd say this humans are probably the pests here and not not the giant wetters. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like that, especially if they're now protected. Mm. I can imagine that they're protecting them so that they're not extinct, but also, you know, I'm sure they have environmental benefits. Obviously, everything on the, in the ecosystem and the, the, you know, the chain, the food chain have mm-hmm. their benefits. So I think I remember a story. There's a, I, one of my colleagues is uh, from New Zealand. And she was telling me about, yeah, the woodshed is quite a, a popular spot for these these creatures. Mm. Um, I would definitely, I, I just have out of, out of body experiences. So I don't know how I get from point A to point B. And that's what would happen <laughs> if I encountered these creatures in the real world. I just all of a sudden am like in my car and at the server. Like, I don't know how I got there. <laughs> what has happened? I, I, the last thing I recall is seeing a wetter. <laughs> now I am. <laughs> wetter my pants down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Left a trail of piss. <laughs> oh, wouldn't be the first time. All right. Number seven, the assassin bug. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's got a bit of a spider vibe. I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Now, the spiny appearance can be in- intimidating and for pretty good reason. Assassin bugs, though safe to observe, should not be handled as their bites are said to be quite painful. Okay. Assassin bugs are wonderful and beneficial insects to have in your garden. They will hunt down and eat many of the harmful bugs, which reduces the need for manual or chemical pest control. 
there are over 7,000 within the wider family and range in size and color. So you actually see, we all see assassin bugs very, very like common, commonly, like, yeah. you know, almost every single day. And they like, that's just one, one version that I showed you. That's probably the scariest looking one, mm-hmm. but you would see them in your garden all the time. And Imagine they're pretty doing good. the ancestry.com on that. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you the rest of your life, 7,000. Yeah. God. It's a lot. I mean, our family's at least 4,000. <laughs> <laughs> so add another 3,000. It's, it's too hard. <laughs> All right, number eight, the Titan beetle. Okay. Now, this huge beetle can grow up to six and a half inches in length mm-hmm. and has mandibles that can snap a pencil in half. Okay. Another terrifying inhabitant of the rainforest, they have also been known to attack humans when threatened. The adults defend themselves by hissing and warning and biting and have very sharp spines as well as strong jaws. I mean, they can Mm. snap a pencil. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Now, don't worry, they primarily feed on wood. Um, and I think this is another case of just like the bigger they are, the sca- like the bigger they are, the scarier they are. But yeah. they do fly, and they they are quite huge. See, the flying thing just got me. I had the little the yeah, my definitely the hairs on the back of the neck went up when you described them flying. They're mobile. I, yeah, I don't, want that, I don't want them to be mobile like that. I don't want a six inch bug with fangs that can snap a pencil coming after me and hissing. Could you just? <laughs> Oh, get out of here. Snap, snap, snap. No, forget it. Now, number nine is probably the one that freaks me out the most. And Mm -hmm. I just can't. I just can't. Um, Okay. But I I, I have to. But I have to. (laughs) That's gross. (laughs) Okay. So the giant centipede. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Also known as the Peruvian <laughs> giant yellow leg centipede or Amazonian giant centipede is mm-hmm. a centipede in the genus Scloropendra. Scolopendra. I don't want it anywhere near my genus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. No. Oh, they've got... It, oh, yeah, okay. Yep. It is the largest centipede in the world with a is. length exceeding 30 centimetres. <laughs> That's a wine bottle <laughs> for those that listened to our last episode. So if you stacked oh, a, a thousand giant centipedes on top of each other, you'd get exactly a hundred feet. <laughs> Slam dunk. Thank you very much. Pew, that's it. Sign off. That's we're done. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. <laughs> now they are widely known as extremely aggressive. Um, it is found in <laughs> good. I'm so glad that they're so aggressive and they look the way they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. My legs are doing that thing again. I can't. Okay. <laughs> it is found in various places throughout South America. You know, everyone gives Australia a shit ass time for our bugs and stuff. Like, I think South America could rival us for, for you know, the worst the place South. to be in terms of bugs. Yeah. And the extreme south of the Caribbean, where it preys on a wide variety of animals, including other sizable anthropods, amphibians, mammals, and reptiles. This thing eats everything. 
How, how does it? How does it eat them? Get <laughs> <laughs> your face then when you ask that question. I'm really concerned that I've actually oh, triggered you. You've broken me. No, I just don't know. Like that. Yeah. So they just eat like with little teeth, like. They're just, they're very, I think they're quite aggressive in their attacking behavior and they're very poisonous as well. So okay. they can go after things and immobilize them and, and poison them and just get them. Yeah. Great. That's really great. I, I, I'd love to, for someone, please go back and listen to this episode and count how many times I've just said great because yeah. <laughs> it's the only word I can think. <laughs> You're doing so well, Kate. Go, go watch a Go watch, I was going to say A Bug's Life. Go watch Toy Story after this. And <laughs> no, but I like A Bug's Life. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. P please or do ants. some self-care like after ants. this. Because, yes, I absolutely will. Yeah. Um, this was a triggering one, but we had to do it. And I love it. I'm I really love it. Lucky last number 10. <clears throat> uh, I won't show you this photo, just for your own sake. Okay. We're doing the tarantula hawk. Yes. Excellent. This one I know about because I watched one of those shows about how bad a sting is and it's the guy that voluntarily stings himself with bugs like an idiot and he did oh, this one. Idiot. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you've never heard of the tarantula hawk, let me tell you. With a max length of two inches, the tarantula hawk may not be the largest insect on the list, but it is certainly one of the gutsiest. Mm -hmm. A tarantula hawk is a spider wasp that preys on tarantulas. Tarantula hawks belong to any of the main species in the genera Pepsis and Hemipepsises. They are one of the largest parasitoid, parasitoid, parasitoid wasps. Parisian toad. <laughs> they're from Paris and they eat toads and it's yes. fucked and they're wasps. <laughs> And I'm done with it. And they're also camels and scorpions. And I'm yeah, angry. Don't go near them. <laughs> Fucked. Now, what they do is they use their sting to paralyze their prey before dragging it to a brood nest as living food. A single egg is laid on the prey. No. Hatching to a larva which eats the still living prey. Oh, Jesus. Now, I could have done a top 10 list of insects that do this particular thing in their own oh. fucked up way. Okay. I decided not to because I think that's something that we will leave for another time or maybe a never time, a never ending ever time. Because <laughs> a never time is better. I like a never time because that makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that one, Dominique. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to cut us off there just because... Look, even if you're not if you're not afraid or have a phobia of insects, it definitely gives you the heebie-jeebies. You start sweating, you start flicking your fingers, you start rubbing your hair, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Please be aware that you are perfectly safe where you are sitting right now. You're okay. Nothing is attacking you. You are safe. Most of these are not in your local area, so you will never ever even come across them. That sounds like something someone would say if I was getting attacked and if they were in my local area. So I don't know if I trust you anymore. <laughs> but I want to congratulate all of us, especially you, Kate, and Thank Blake. You so much. I bet you Blake is probably. <laughs> 
Blake's like, I'm not looking at your social media. I don't want to see any pictures of moths. Just get stuffed. Yeah. Thanks very much for using my phobia as an episode. Hey, you asked for it and I delivered. Yes, very, very good. I will not rush to do a part two of Creepy Crawlies just yet, but when mm-hmm. I do, please be warned, it will it will be of nightmares. <laughs> I I'm I, I really enjoyed that. I that was a lot of fun for me, even though because I do know I am safe and I am sitting in my little urban dwelling and I am I'm okay. Uh, but I I'm looking forward to um, a potential for Creepy Crawlies number two. because uh, that was good. I like it. It's something about just looking at the pictures and, yeah, it's my imagination as well. I'm a very, you know, I can imagine things quite yeah. de- in detail. Uh, so that always gets me off guard because I'll just imagine things or imagine them, what they would do to me and blah. Okay, cool. I'm going to stop thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of you making it through. We will be posting photos of all ten in order. Um, if you have a stomach for it, you are most welcome to go and have a look. Yes. But uh, this week we've got some really fun games on our socials. We'd love to hear from you about or what you think and what you might do in certain situations. So please check out our Facebook and our Instagram and uh, participate in those fun games. Definitely. And um, yeah, just check your sheets tonight before you go to bed. Yes. Oh, God. That has happened to me where I've had a spider incident and it's just a bit much. Um, But Dominic, thank you so much for sharing that. I really was excited when I, when you told me you were going to do a creepy crawlies episode uh, because I knew it was something that creeps me out. So um, yeah, I was very excited and you didn't disappoint. Not even slightly. I do feel a bit sick. So that's perfect. Uh, <laughs> I am really, really excited about, uh, yeah, the, the last few episodes that we've recorded. So I'm, I'm keen to hear from people and I definitely want them to join in those games and things as well. Uh, and also on the creepy crawly side, I mentioned a, there's a YouTube series uh, of a guy that decides to get stung by these things. Mm. Um I don't remember the name of it. You'll have to look it up. We'll put it in the sosh. But, you know, we've done a lot of work this episode already, so maybe it's time for our listeners to do a little bit of work. (laughs) Do a high-tech research. Pop it in Google. That's what we do. (laughs) Be one of us. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. All right, Kate, do you have a teaser for what your next episode's going to be or are we going to leave it up to the gods and uh, make it a bit of a surprise? I think at this point we might make a bit of a make it a little bit of a surprise because there's a couple of stories rattling around in my head and there's a few I mean there's lots of things rattling around in my head so that's, a, that's an episode of a podcast on its own it's the, the things I think on a daily basis uh, but no there is a few that I've sort of started to look into so I might just have to pick which one I want to do for the next episode uh, but I like you know you know keeping people on their toes and giving them something to look forward to so I will enjoy recording those with you very soon dom awesome well thanks everyone for listening you survived we're so proud of you and we will see you next week on friday for our next story bye (laughs) bye that's a wrap big shout out to everyone for tuning in to shit and bricks don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.